Merry Christmas. Isn't it a fun time of the year? I want to start off this evening by reading the Christmas story, kind of get us into the set mindset of where we're at tonight. First of all, I want to welcome all of our guests here. Thank you for coming. And uh, Michael and Bonnie, you used to come from the farthest, so, but you don't get the award tonight. Sharice does, because Sharice is Jack's sister, and she came from Anchorage, Alaska. Wow. All the way from Anchorage, just for our Christmas Eve service. She might have seen Santa Claus on the way, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, it says in Luke chapter 2, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own, own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, can you imagine this? Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Isn't that an amazing story? And here's the most amazing part. It's absolutely true. It really happened, just as it was said. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for this amazing story. The amazing story of how Jesus willingly left his home in heaven to come down to this broken world to be a baby, and then to grow up perfectly to be that perfect sacrifice so that we then can celebrate tonight on this Christmas Eve, the eve of his birth, the wonder and the majesty of the gift that he brings. So, Lord, we just pray that you be glorified tonight and that you be honored because we really thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy and I just want to sing this song to you it goes like this the fourth, the fifth, the 
Well, you know, it is Christmas again, and um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Christmas and what Christmas is all about. You know, it's amazing how fast time flies, isn't it? You know, I just can't believe that Christmas 2016 is here already, and it just seems to be flying faster and faster. And Christmas really is a very special time of the year, isn't it? Can you tell me, tell me some things to you, what, what is special to you about Christmas? Family. Birth of Christ. Yeah, amen. All right, let's go back to your childhood. <laughs> what, presents. Thank you. Man, somebody finally fessed up. Presents. Amen. Yeah, as a kid, man, for Christmas was all about presents, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I couldn't wait. Yeah. I can remember when I was a kid, and uh, my mom and dad have both passed now, so they, they can, I can tell all kinds of stories now. Um, but as a kid, I can remember, um, it's different today than what it, what it was then. I will tell you that when I needed a pair of socks in September, my mom would say, Christmas is just around the corner. <laughs> mom, I'm talking socks. Christmas is just around the corner. You know, you, we didn't buy things throughout the year then like we buy things now, do we? I hope somebody else will admit that with me. I have the hardest time buying Christmas presents. You know what's really hard for my wife and I? is that her birthday is on December 22nd. And my birthday is on December 23rd. Does anybody see a problem here? And we've been married 35 years. How in the world can I come up with Christmas and birthday presents uniquely every year? After year three, I couldn't. It's just really hard. And so we have just agreed to not really worry about it. But, you know, as a kid, Christmas was all about presents. And I, I think that's so amazing. And it's so good that we're celebrating the birth of Christ. And we do so by giving presents to each other. But, you know, C.S. Lewis says it this way about presents. He says, Jesus, the Son of God, became a man so that man can become a son of God. Think about that for a minute. The Son of God became a man so that man could become a son of God. What a gift. What a present that is. And that's what Christmas really is all about, isn't it? You know, our society today trivializes so much, and we, we run rampant with the commercialization of Christmas. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I enjoy it too. You know, I, I enjoy Christmas starting after Halloween. <laughs> You know, um, it, it's just amazing. But, you know, Jesus truly is the best gift the Father could ever give us is that he gave us the gift of eternal life through Jesus, the gift of eternal life. And that's what, what that means is, is that we are adopted into the family of God through the gift of Jesus so that now we are joint heirs with Christ. And we can call God Daddy, Father, Abba, Father, just like Jesus can, because we have been given the gift of eternal life. That we've given the gift of adoption. What better gift could be given? Think about it. What better gift could be given than the gift of life that never ends? You know, but there's one very important thing about this gift that we really have to talk about. 
Because it's more than just getting the gift. We have to receive the gift. We have to accept the gift. And we have to open it before there's any value to it. Think about that for a minute. A little interesting thing I, heard, I read this week about gifts. It said, last year, believe it or not, it is reported that gift cards were requested more, than, more often than anything else. According to the National Retail Federation, 80% of Christmas shoppers each spent an average of $155 on gift cards. Despite the popularity and the requests of the gift cards, it is also reported that last year there was over $2 billion, with a B, $2 billion of lost value in gift cards that were never used. I'm amazed that so much tangible value was thrown away because they never used it. Now, I'm sure that everyone that received the gift card for Christmas appreciated it, and everybody had the intention of using that gift card. I don't think anybody, if I gave you a gift card for $100, would you purposely throw it in your cupboard drawer and just forget about it on purpose? No. I think it was their, everybody's intention was to take that, and they, all, they probably had thought in their mind, wow, with this, I can go get a new pair of boots, or I can get a coat, or I can buy a drone, or I can, do all, <laughs> I can do all kinds of fun things with this. I can find all kinds of ways to spend this gift card. It's not their intention to forget about it. How many of you right now, how many of you right now probably can go home and find gift cards in your drawer that you haven't used that are expired? I have. There are some in my drawer, I will tell you right now, that are probably from 2015 or 2014, that I just forgot about. Yeah, I know. That's just bad. Bad. But I'm sorry, it's just what it is. It's who I am. <laughs> I didn't intend not to use it. Now, how does this apply to Christmas? How does having a gift card that you don't use apply to Christmas? Well, apparently, and, I, and the sad part is, I think that there are many people in life that are seeing the gift of Jesus and life that, like that gift card, they put them on the cupboard at home and forgot all about it. And even though Jesus has given us that gift of eternal life, which is the best gift we could ever have, until I open the gift, it's of no value to me. You know, Jesus accomplished much on the cross. He accomplished much on the cross. But you know the power of choice that God gave Adam and Eve and the power of choice that he gives you and I today is more powerful than what Jesus did on the cross? Because if I don't use it, there's no value to it. If I don't take that gift that Jesus gave me and if I don't unwrap it and apply it to my life, then it's wasted. Everything Jesus did is wasted. Just like all the money that people have spent and given to me in gift cards is wasted because I haven't used it. Isn't that sad? So what is it? How do it? What is there about this receiving the gift? You know, people can say, well, I know, who, I know about Jesus. I know who he is. I, I believe in him. I, I know he died on the cross, and I believe that. But is that, what it, is that all there is to receiving the gift? 
I think many people think that is. Many people think that all it is is just a head knowledge of knowing that I know who Jesus is and I've received him. But you know what Jesus really wants from us tonight? He wants a relationship. Relationships don't come from head knowledge. Relationships come from a one-on-one conversation. I had coffee with Rip today. We went on down and sat down and had a cup of coffee, and we looked eye-to-eye, and we talked, and we had a great relationship-building conversation. Yeah. Now, I could know about Rip, and he could know about me. But until we had that conversation, there really was no relationship built up. And so it's so important that we have to recognize that's the gift that Jesus is giving. It's not just a gift that I can know about him, but it's the gift that I can have a relationship with him. That's pretty amazing to think that I can have a a relationship with the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, and he wants to talk to me, and he wants to talk to you one-on-one. That's why he gave Jesus the gift. Well, but for those that say, but I, I don't, I'm not buying it, Mike. Well, let me tell you, the scripture says it. James chapter 2, verse 19. talks to us very clearly. It says, you believe there is one God. This is the apostle James. This is Jesus' half-brother. His half-brother speaking to us. He says, you believe that there is one God. Well, good. (laughs) Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. The demons believe in Jesus. The demons knew that he died. The The demons knew that he rose, and they shudder. They have no relationship. So what does that mean to you and I? It means that you and I also can have that same head knowledge, but until we open up the gift and apply it to our life and have this relationship, it really does no value for us. That gift is sitting on the cupboard shelf. So there must be something more to accepting God's Son than just knowing about God's Son. We we have to do something then to, to build this relationship. Romans 6.23 tells us clearly that we must have a relationship. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Not a very good Christmas message, is it? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if I don't receive that gift, my wages, I've earned death. But all it takes is receiving this gift, this free gift, and I have eternal life. Amen. Good trade. I'll trade death for life. But how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, here's how. It's a two-step process, actually. It requires both faith, which is believing, and action. We open the gift of God that God's given us through Jesus Christ. We open it, first of all, by believing that Jesus is who he says he is. That he really is God come in flesh. Like we sang about tonight, like we talked about, like Christmas is all about Jesus coming to born, being born as a babe. And then Jesus living a life of perfection, growing up and being that perfect sacrifice that could redeem mankind. I have to believe that, Right? Amen. That's what I do. I have to first believe that. John 3.16, For God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Amen. Romans 10, 10 and 11. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. All right, so we have to believe. We have to put that in our stump number one process. Believing in Jesus and who he is and what he's done for me is step one. But then the second part of the gift is just as important as the believing part. And this is where so many people stop. And this is the part where we need to take the next step and finalize it. And this is the action part of it. The second part of opening the gift is taking off the wrapper and seeing what's inside of the gift. It's the physically opening the gift. Here we is, we, we have this gift of Jesus in the words we read tonight, in the Christmas story, in the song we sang, and we believe that. But the second part requires the action that is really an ongoing, reoccurring action every day. And you know what that action is? Repenting. Repenting of our sin and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry I have missed you so many times in my life. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to put you in the cupboard. I didn't mean to leave that church service and forget about you. I didn't mean to. It's just that life got so busy and, and business got so hectic and life at home got wild and I just forgot about you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's step two. I have to say that I'm sorry. Now, with that, though, comes this thing called repentance. And the difference between forgiveness and repentance is the action part. Forgiveness means I'm sorry. Repentance means I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go the other direction. In other words, I'm not going to live my life tomorrow the way I lived it yesterday when I clearly was not a child of God, when I clearly had forgotten about you. I'm not going to say that I know you today and I'm going to accept you into my life today and I'm going to live the same way. That's not, re that's not repentance. That's called willful sin. And truly, are we really sorry, maybe, or are we just sorry that we got caught? There's a difference, isn't there, between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow? If you get caught in something, you can say, I'm sorry, but how do you know if the person's really sorry they got caught or are they really sorry they did it? Difference, difference. Repentance proves the fact that you're sorry you did it. Because now you're going to turn around and you're going to go the other direction and you're going to purposefully, to the best of your ability, through the grace of God, and this is where God's grace comes in because grace does more than just forgive. Grace gives me the power to live a repentant lifestyle so that I don't have to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So it's, there's two parts. Number one, I, I hold the gift in my hand through faith. I believe in who Jesus is. And I believe everything that he says about himself. And then step two is I tell him something. I say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? <laughs> and I will tell you right now, that is the one thing he's waiting to hear. That is how you open the gift. By saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. That's ripping off the paper. That's tearing it off like a young child goes after a Christmas present without caring if he tears the wrapping paper or the ribbons apart. He just rips into it. And that's what Jesus is, is waiting for us to do when we just say, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And then I repent. I turn around. 
Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that you may enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Repent then and turn to God. That's what it's all about. So tonight, there's two actions. There's the inward attitude of the heart and the outward expression or the action of the change of direction that is involved. And there's one other thing, one other aspect about giving a gift. I, read, I, I heard this on the radio this week about what kind of gifts to give and what kind of gifts not to give. The gifts that you don't give someone are the gifts that require maintenance. In other words, puppies. <laughs> you don't give somebody a puppy and say, Merry Christmas. Because what you're saying is you've got 15 years of servitude to that puppy. Because that puppy grows up to be a dog. Then you've got to feed it. You've got to clean up after it. All right? Well, this is the one thing that God broke the rule in. <laughs> because when he gave the gift of Jesus, that may be a free gift, but it requires a lot of maintenance. Because once you accept the gift of Jesus, now you have to, now you have to live for Jesus. And that is not a hard thing, by the way. It is a blessed thing. Luke 9.23, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? I'm telling you, folks, it is not hard to live for Jesus. It is not hard to accept the gift and then live for Jesus like you want to. There's freedom in that. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. It's a beautiful thing. The Christmas, that is Christmas every day, knowing that I have a forgiven life and I've got Jesus in my life every day. And so here it is. This is it. This is the whole point of tonight. The whole point of Christmas is that we need to know what we're going to do with this gift called Jesus. What are you going to do with him? Are you going to receive the gift of eternal life and open it up tonight? Or are you going to take it home with you and think it? I'll think about it. Put it on the shelf like that gift card and say, I'll come back to it later. Can I tell you, the danger of coming back to it later is that you just might forget about it. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, I just come to you tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, from the very bottom of my heart that you've given the gift of eternal life to me. I thank you. I can't even imagine what it would be like to go through this life without recognizing that and accepting that and having that in my life. That does not make me perfect. I make mistakes every day. But, Lord, I ask you every day, too, to forgive me. And I repent and I turn around and I try not to repeat those same mistakes. I thank you for that. So, Lord, now I just would purposely ask tonight, for all those here tonight, the, the best gift Jesus could ever give you right now is yours for the taking. If you haven't accepted Jesus, if you've, if you've not accepted this gift, or maybe you did once and you've maybe left it at home and you don't walk in it every day, can I tell you right now that Jesus would love to hear you open the wrapper again tonight? Can I just tell you that he would love to hear you say, I'm sorry, Jesus, come into my life one more time or maybe for the first time? 
So this morning, I just want to give you that opportunity to receive the gift of Jesus. If there's that little burning inside of your heart, that little tingling inside of you that says, yes, I need to respond to something, this is the action part. I know you believe, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But the action part is so important because this is where you need to say, I'm going to receive it and I'm going to open it up. So right now, while all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you want to purposely and intentionally tell Jesus I'm receiving you tonight, maybe for the first time or maybe I'm reapplying this, I'm reopening the gift, would you just raise your hand to Jesus? Nobody's looking. It's not about anybody seeing this. It's about you unwrapping the gift. It's about saying, Jesus, I'm doing more. I see the hands. I see it. This is the most important gift anyone could ever give you. I see your hands. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Now we're going to pray. And for those that raised your hand and for those that didn't, just repeat these words with me. And this is the first step. There's so much more to it, but this is the first step. Just say, Jesus, we come to you tonight. Thank you for willingly becoming the baby for coming to this world, for living the perfect life, and then for giving it as a sacrifice for me tonight. Jesus, I accept your gift. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent, and I ask you to help me to turn around and go the other direction, to live for you, and to enjoy your presence. I celebrate your birthday, and my birthday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.